from the campus of Stanford University and on location. This is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast, featuring in-depth, one-on-one interviews with purpose-driven entrepreneurs and high-performance game changers committed to extraordinary ideas, preeminence, and multi-generational success. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggles, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes these game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by Tom Dioro, principal of Podfather Media. Thank you, Tatum. For our guest today, let's welcome Brittany Tiegler, CEO of Tiegler Construction Supply, a construction material supplier with a heavy focus on infrastructure projects, headquartered in Baltimore City, Maryland, in its 35,000 square foot distribution warehouse. For more information, feel free to visit TieglerCS.com. Again, TieglerCS.com. Britt, welcome and thank you for being on the Entrepreneur Show. I'm really, really honored to have you on here and excited to. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited as well. Britt, we like to start our show off with a, a, uh, what matters, uh, means much to you as far as a quote or a mantra or a prayer. Do you have, uh, do you have one, if not both of those that you can kind of share that get you through, get you through the day or just kind of makes you uh, grateful for it as well? Sure. This is, this is a quote that I, I continue to go back to throughout really every chapter of my life. And it says somewhere behind the athlete you become and the hours of practice and the coaches who have pushed you is a little girl who fell in love with the game and never looked back, play for her. And that's a mayhem quote. And obviously I, I was a soccer player for many years. So that, that resonated on a very literal level. But as I continue my journey through life and business in, in, in other ways, I still go back to that quote. And for me, the meaning behind it is personally now looking at it from a perspective of being a business owner, it's just so easy to get caught up in the rat race, the grind, wanting to do more, wanting to be more, wanting to make money, wanting to accomplish. And I always want to remind myself and think it's so important to, to do so. Just remind myself who I am, where I came from, why I'm doing what I'm doing. I just never want to lose that that purity and in a sense that innocent, that genuine love and passion for, for who I am, for the people around me and, and for what I'm doing. So this is a phrase that I continually go back to and throughout every step of my journey. <laughs> love it. If you can answer this, this is really a deep dive and this is rather unexpected, I think. This, why, why does it mean so much to you to have life mean that much to you? Like, who were the people around you that really instilled that to where you became aware of it yourself? Sure. I mean, the, the easy answer, it's, it's a really easy answer, is, is my parents. From a young age, they were, they were so supportive. And it, I was always a little bit off, you know, the beaten pack. I was always that kid that was doing something a little bit different. And I continue to do that throughout my life. But they were so supportive. And, and they never said, hey, Britt come on, you know, come back down, come back down here. You, you got to get realistic. There was like, okay, well, what, what can we do? You know, how can we support that? And, and from an early age, I, I never looked at anything and thought I couldn't do it, whether it was realistic or not. And, and that type of mindset and mentality has definitely helped me 
so many aspects of my life. And, and sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe it's a little naive or, or whatever you want to call it, but I think overall it served me really well. You was, you was thinking that this morning as preparing for our show is um, you, you became involved working with an uncle, correct? Initially. That's correct. Yes. What's interesting is uh, I thought of myself included, a lot of people work for a family member, whether it's an uncle, father, mother, what, who, whatever it is, or, or even a neighbor that's, uh, that's close. Not everyone takes it to where you're taking it. What was really driving you to take it to where you are now? And I'm, I'm sure it's going to go even further, but what was really driving you to take it to that level? Sure. I mean, so the, the theme of my life that projects itself and everything that I do is I, I just have a very competitive spirit for better or worse. I mean, I, I think it's served me well and sometimes it, it, it doesn't serve me as well, but it's this ultra competitive uh, mentality. And that started as a, a very young aspiring athlete to getting up and, and playing through the professional level. So then I made a transition into business. And what I re realized is, you know, I, I didn't have this, a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners will say, I was in love with this craft since I was young and I got into it. Construction was, was not even something I, I wanted to talk about, uh, much less thought I, I would be working in. I mean, truly. And so after I ended my professional career in soccer, I was always very business minded and I wanted to get involved. My uncle said, hey, you know, he, he currently still runs a lumber supply company. He said, we need somebody to come on board. I know you don't know a ton about a construction. You may not even care about construction. I'll teach you everything you need to know, but we need somebody getting out into the community, exposing our brand, exposing our name. And I think you can do it. So I trusted him, not knowing very much about construction at the time, right out of college, but, but I trusted him. And ultimately what I realized about myself coming back to my original point is it was that competitive nature. I did, it was a challenge. I didn't know much about it. Only 9.9% .9 of the construction industry currently is, is, is comprised of females. Back then, it was even less. And less than 1% of that 9.9% are females in management or executive positions. So I just saw this challenge yet, on the other end of the spectrum, incredible opportunity. And I fell in love with that, with the challenge. And, and in the meantime, I, I ended up loving construction and the people and the blue color nature of it all. But it was really me falling in love with the competition, the challenge and the sport of business. It, it always seems to go back to the sports and that competitive environment. But what I really love is, is, is the sport, regardless of, of the craft or the actual industry. There's so many great points that you've talked here. Now we've got a, a we could have even a longer show. That uh, exposing the brand, that brand is is uh, is evident, obviously from the, the the background that we're speaking with. Everything that you're presenting is is the Tegler Construction and Supply, and it's done very well. It's very professional, but there's a there's an honesty and an authenticity to it. Is that something that you you do purposefully? Sure, absolutely, and, and that's a big part of of the business is, is transparency and something, you know, we've been fortunate in the regard that we're not quite four years old yet. I, you know, I left my uncle's company after having a, a constructive conversation with him and, and he advising me to, to try a couple different roles. 
within the general contracting world. So, so I did a couple of other things in between before I started this company. And luckily, we haven't had to have much of a marketing campaign or, or spend a lot of dollars on marketing. And that may be because we're so young that my focus has been on just building the business. But something I can say that I have been heavily focused on is, is my own personal brand on social media, which speaks a lot, obviously, to the business because it's such a, a large part of my identity. And what I've really focused on is being transparent and vulnerable, which every time I, I post something on LinkedIn, which is my platform of choice, and I get extra vulnerable and honest in it, it hands down not even close, generates so much more interest and attraction than if I just put some, you know, boilerplate, you know, this is what our company's doing or just something very general. That that story and the anecdote and that just honest vulnerability, it really resonates with a lot of people. So I realized that very early on and, and I try to incorporate that into a lot of what we do within the, the culture and the company. There's been a, a number of of construction supply companies all around the country that uh, that I've worked with but yours in a very short time has ascended to a position of just not just the awards which I, I would think that you're you're not interested in that so much it's nice but that's not your purpose how what would you attribute to having that success level so quickly the success level has only come as a byproduct of the relationships that we have so our partnerships are so incredibly strong. And I will tell you, when I first got started, my whole strategic approach was based on the foundation of my relationship with a couple other companies, so much so that we literally use their infrastructure as our own. I mean, and, and quite frankly, some of them acted as banks for us as we got started, but it was just that level of trust. They believed in, in my vision and they knew that that partnership would grow into something fruitful. But I, I utilized and leveraged those infrastructure and, and the resources of other companies. And then we just, in the meantime, let, uh, created all these really strong partners. And something I think is really important, I call it the war room. So it's this tight group of people that in every major decision I make, they are a part of it. And that war room includes, it includes my, typically my insurance guy, my, my bonding agent, uh, attorney, CPA, it could be a real estate agent for some people. And, and also my fiance, who's also a business owner and in a very um, synergistic field. And that is my, and I don't know if I said banking agent, but I should have because they're very you, important. Okay. And that, that's our, that's my war room. That is my group who I lean on. They see my blind spots. They're proactive. They're figuring out things before I even know it's coming down the line and they're saying, hey, Britt, better prepare yourself for this. And they're just allowing me to pivot and, and, and do what I need to do. But that group and the strength of that group and nurturing those relationships is, is truly where the success has grown from. I love that you're aware of your seeing my blind sides. Yeah, it's often, I'll refer back to the uh, construction supply industry. A lot of times uh, the, the, they won't see their blind side for 20, 30 years, if ever. You're you're acknowledging them now. Is there anything you again? We've talked a lot about what you can attribute that to. It's a real strong sense of awareness and that vulnerability, which I think, especially in our industry, is uh, is definitely not the norm. 
to be say, hey, look, I don't know what I don't know. If someone out there who can help me out here, and it seems like that you take that from like, you get out of bed like that. Sure. It is, it, am, am I wrong or? No, you're you're incredibly okay. right. So, so Tom, look at it like this. I, I'm a young thirty year old female in the construction industry. My, if you want to call it competition, so to speak, are older gentlemen that have been doing this for sixty years. I am not going to have a competitive advantage in, in the expertise or knowledge. So I have to bring something to the table where I can not only compete, but but be you know the best. So how do I do that? It's forming relationships with the people that are the best at it and surrounding myself with those people and making sure they know how important they are, they are to me. So this reciprocal relationship can be strong. And that that is the only way. And I know that. It's outstanding. You're listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Britt Tiegler, CEO of Tiegler Construction and Supply. For more information, feel free to visit their website at tieglercs.com. Again, that's tieglercs.com. Britt, uh, I'll touch again back on the, um, the parents and, and that's instilling because obviously you're you're now fiance congratulations that that passing that torch so to speak you know to your yeah to, to carry on your legacy how uh, is that something in your mind as well sure it is one of my greatest achievements and I'm about to to come across the second one is something I always wanted to do was always top of mind is give back to my family because I cannot tell you how much they did for me. So the first thing I was able to accomplish my first hire was my older sister. She's five years older than I am. And I always thought she deserved more than she was getting at her current positions, her other jobs. So I did that about, you know, I'm not quite sure how far in, but she was my first hire. And coming up here in October, I will be hiring bringing on board to walk work alongside of me and my mother. So all of these things are just, it, it's, it's coming back around full circle and I'm feeling like I'm able to give back in, in the way that I've wanted for so long. It's really uh, an incredible feeling. It's almost hard to put into words. <laughs> you do a great job of it. For, uh, um, that, gi- that giving back, we'll touch on that in a second here, but the sport of business, you're looking at business as a sport. Very few businesses, whether they're in construction or any space, looks at it as a sport. Maybe they just don't you know, kind of quantify it that way, but why is it like a sport to you? Oh, it's definitely like a sport. I mean, so if you look at a sport, you take it from there's, there's tactics and there's the technical side of a sport, which as a soccer player, we, we studied both. It's, it's the same way with, with business. You have the technical side of things. You have the tactical approaches. They're, I mean, they're, they're almost, they're so similar in so many regards. And then from a leadership standpoint, it's the same thing. You have the captains on the team. You have the business owners. You know, you, you have this hierarchy of sorts. So they're very similar in so many ways. And I've taken so much away from sports lessons learned and also just qualities and 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 traits that I, that I've learned and I've really been able to um, translate that into business and quite frankly I, I contribute so much of what I've been able to achieve in business 
sometimes, I mean, just so much to, to sport and, and that journey and what the lessons learned from that. So everything in what we do, just like soccer, any other sport is a challenge. It's a competition and it's an art form. And I, I'm always trying to perfect that craft in as many ways as I can craft being owning this construction business, learning the technical expertise of the business and also the tactical side of running a business, just like I would playing soccer. That relationships and partnerships, I know she said them like simultaneously. Is that one with every one of your prospective clients or existing clients that you, you want that relationship that could potentially go 50 to 100 years even? Yes, absolutely. And I, I am not of the mindset. And I believe this is this is more of an old practice, but keep keep work and personal separate for me those relationships are they're integrated and and i think that's been really important for me you know the the, the people i work with they, they become my friends they become really great friends and allies that that i can rely on it and that trust and that unity is built both inside work and, and outside and that's been um I know it's been a cultural shift that I think we're a lot of companies are moving toward, but for me, uh, it, it's definitely this this harmonious integration of of life and personal, and, and making sure that uh, we're, we're humanizing these relationships, and they're not just this let's do business and don't you know, and that's it. It's it's much more than that. Yes, you said an art form, but you also consider an art form. So you have us. You also. Th- think of it uh, your approach is as a sport and then as an art form can you share with uh, your audience today how it's a, an art form to you sure i i mean running an efficient and effective business is, is all about the the processes that you have in place and figuring out what those are to look like and, and trying to to match the puzzle pieces and align them the right way that that's an art form and i am still very much so working through that and we do not have this beautiful art form yet again we're young and we're growing and right now i'm i'm wholly focused on and hiring getting the right people in place um so that together as a team we can collectively craft our business and the structure of it and the processes and and make sure we're streamlining this in, in the most effective way possible and i have a long way to go but it's certainly exciting and a constant challenge i've also read and i won't get it exactly so I'll capture the, uh, the some of the framework of it that when you began your company, there were many resources in addition to your family and friends that were available that you uh, that you you reached out to. I don't know if you were at liberty to share any of them, but I thought that was really interesting to say that really I, there were so many resources I almost couldn't even use them. Sure. So it, it, it was a mix. Obviously, you touched on. And that was general support for my family and friends. But there, there were a lot of just mentors and coaches who I had, but also from being in the construction industry, working with my uncle for a period of time, I had him and his guidance. I also had the guidance of a few other very instrumental um, legends, really, in the construction industry. Now, locally, locally known and, and, and quite frankly, Two of them built much of Baltimore City when it was this rat-infested nothing from the ground up. And they they took me under their wing. And I met them when they were two gentlemen in their 80s. And they took me under their wing and took me out, showed me things, told me stories for hours on end. And I was just a sponge. 
sitting there soaking up all of this information, just thinking to myself, why? Why are they spending their time on me? But I hope it's because they could tell how interested I was and how thankful I was to just have this guidance at such a young age from such incredible experience. So that was transformational for me. And I really hope that as I continue this journey, I can give back in the same way that they did because it, it, it changed my life forever. What's it like for you to go to see projects and see uh, your supplies and your, um, your even your advice and consultation with your clients and they're using it and you know that came from us and they're building this and that's, that's from us when you drive by or walk by or however you do it. What, what, can you describe that feeling? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, we are, uh, as a supplier, we're the first part in, in the chain. So everything's deadline-based and, and we have to make sure we're on time so we don't delay the project. But when you see it get going and you, and you continue to to deliver these products out to site, and we're working on some really cool, cool projects. So, you know, we've done, locally, we're working on Port Covington and that's with Under Armour's real estate arm, basically building a small little city inside of Baltimore. We're working on the Purple Line, the Frederick Douglass Memorial Bridge, which is the biggest uh, biggest project ever in D.C. And uh, we've done NIH, National Institute of Health. We've, you know, we, we've just touched so many cool projects. And to look back on those projects and see, first of all, a lot of it's critical infrastructure or serving just critical buildings that are serving critical parts of, of life. And to know you've touched that, even if in a very small way or a small part of this much bigger piece, it's, it's exciting and it's uh, rewarding. Plus, you, when you can physically see something, the transformation of it and know it's going to be there for years and years to come, that, that's rewarding. Excellent. This is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Britt Tiegler, CEO of Tiegler Construction and Supply. For more information, feel free to visit TieglerCS.com. Again, that's TieglerCS.com. Britt, you've got a, a couple of organizations that you really, really contribute to and that really uh, mean much to you, one of which is the Junior Achievement of Central Maryland. So I'm going to provide a, uh, an awareness of them. The Junior Achievement of Central Maryland, the envisioned future. They aspire to become Activision front and center, and they enjoy and work on having a positive impact on the lives of students guided by the core values which is belief in balanced potential of young people commitment to the principles of market-based economics and entrepreneurship and a passion for what they do with honesty integrity and excellence and how they do it again our guest today is Britt Tiegler CEO of Tiegler Construction and Supply Britt can you share with us your involvement with Junior Achievement and Salvation Army the floor is yours Sure. Let's start with Junior Achievement of Central Maryland. So I have been on that board for a little less than a year, but I've, I've been involved with that organization way before I got asked to be a board member. And the thing that makes it so unique is it is wholly focused on real life experience. So where academics can, it's not totally academic based. It's more real world entrepreneurship, as you said, economics, and a really great example of what we're doing here in Baltimore. We're building a brand new facility, and it's going to have 
for back, lack of a better word, different stations, and you're going to have a contractor in there. You're going to have an automation company. You have a bank. You have a retail restaurant and all these little sim- simulations of real life companies. And these students go in and, and they learn about each one. They learn to go to a bank and write a check. And they're actually physically doing it inside this innovation center. So that focus on preparing our students to be entrepreneurs and get all these real life experiences is incredible. And we're taking students from all parts of of the state, from all different backgrounds. It doesn't matter. We're giving every student the same opportunity to learn and achieve and very importantly, to get connected with business owners and mentors like myself that can help them get to where they want to go. The branding of uh, Tegler, it's, in my opinion, it's very tasteful. I see, again, go back to the backdrop that we're, we're speaking with. How important is to you and it, what influenced you with the importance of, of branding? Branding is important. And I, I think it's, it's been a focus, I'll be honest, a little bit later in the journey. So at first, I, I quite frankly, I wasn't as focused on what our brand looked like because I was focused on building our business first and foremost. And, and I will say, I think that's a, actually a mistake that a lot of business owners or entrepreneurs make. They, they get into business and they're worried about what their website is, what their business card looks like, what the shirt they're wearing look like. And, and in my opinion, that can come later. Like it should be, what is my product? What is my service? Who is my customer base? And how are we serving them? Because that will speak for itself that will generate the right kind of attention that's going to be sustainable. And from there, you can build your brand. And that's exactly what we did. We didn't have all this in the beginning. We wholly focused on our service, our customer service, and what we, the value we could bring to our customers. And once we did that and felt like we did it well and, and got a good footing and stronghold in the marketplace, then we started to mold our brand. And, and right now, we're, we're having fun with it. And like you said, we want it to be tasteful, the red, uh, red and black. It, research says are the two most powerful color combinations. That, that's what I was after, bold and powerful. And just something that, that looked clean but stood out. Um, and, and I really like that look. So we're building our brand now. And there's actually going to be, in the next six months, I'm working on a rebrand as we roll out a, a few new divisions. So I'm really looking forward to that. How uh, you, you said something really great that how are we serving our clients or our customers? Is that something that you have a set system or a formula to doing that, or is it something that's also evolving? There's there's no set formula, and that's only because every customer we have is so unique and so different, and we have to tend to their needs. And I also I always say you have to learn the breed before you you can get to know the dog. So. Every single customer is a different breed and they all react and respond differently and we need to treat them as such. So getting to know them on, on a personal level and then being able to tend to their needs is, is so important, understanding that. But we, we flex, you know, that's the great thing about being a small company. We, we can pivot and we can be flexible. Unlike some of these big corporations where it's just a bigger engine where you can't get all the pieces to move at the same time, we have that advantage where we can just on a dime pivot and, and, and do what we need to do. And a great example is you know, we're, we're in the service business. We supply our customers. Now we have our core competencies in lumber and pipe and some other construction materials that aren't that interesting to talk about, but we, you know, the, we have those core competencies. But when the pandemic arrived and unbeknownst to 
all of us that this was going to occur. Our customers were trying to work on who are contractors were trying to work on job sites, yet they, you know, they needed mess and they needed all this PPE that before we just didn't have at our fingertips. So we took it upon ourselves to, to be proactive and say, this is what our customer needs. It's not what we do, but we have the processes in place. We have the manufacturer relationships and we're going to, we're going to pivot just a bit outside of our, our normal offerings. And, and we're going to figure out a way to get our customers this. And out we spun a PPE business. So we linked up with two different manufacturer partners that we had. Actually, a cool story. Both of them were manufacturers of uniforms. Well, as you can imagine, during the pandemic, not many people are buying uniforms. So their business is completely dried up and they didn't really know where to go. They, you know, they had a they had to furlough a lot of people. And we came in and partnered with them to do hand-sewn, very high-quality custom masks. And great because we were able to bring back a lot of sewers. They were able to bring back a lot of their workers. And um, we found a little a little bit of a niche in that all of our masks were very high quality, reusable, and custom. So not only were they serving the purpose of protecting our customers so they could get on the job sites or get on the manufacturing floors, but they had their logos on them. They had their logos on them. So it was an extension and enhancement of their brand as well. So it was a dual function. And, and we've been able to do that. We spun out about 50,000 custom masks in the process. And on that same token, we also, for the first time ever, I, I, I uh, did some international importing of thermometers and because our, you know, we needed the infrared no-touch thermometers. And I had no experience I would have loved to gotten them domestically, but unfortunately, just with the time frames, we couldn't get them fast enough. Our customers needed them all over the job sites for all the different workers before they could go to work. So I said, okay, we're, we're going to figure this out. We worked with a broker. Uh, we were able to import them in. We got them on the ground. We sold our customers thousands of them so they could continue to run. And you know, again, that was just being proactive and listening to what our customers needed and saying, okay, we're going to find a way to do this. And we're going to be the first to do it. And we're going to get it to you when you need it. So that's just a, a little bit of example of even though this is out of the norm and, and this PPE isn't going to last forever, what it is going to do is strengthen those relationships that we hope do last forever. So when they're thinking about their next purchase from a construction material standpoint, they're going to think of us because we, we went out of our way to, to help them in, in other ways to keep their business alive and, and, and going. Yeah, I noticed that through our interview, Britt, that uh, relationships entered into the uh, description of almost all facets of, of what you're, uh, you're sharing with your audience today. So obviously, that really, really matters to you. How I'm going to touch back on the sport, sports and how it transitioned to business for you and how relevant it has been for you? It's been very relevant. And I think, you know, I could touch on all the, the obvious ways of, okay, you, you have the, the daily commitment and the sacrifice and the discipline and the teamwork and all of those things that you know that you learn from sports. But I think as a young female growing up, the biggest thing it did for me was instill this general feeling of confidence like, you know, I was very empowered by sport. Um, and and I, I, I hope that all young females, I am such a proponent of all young girls playing sports. And it doesn't matter if you're good, if you're the worst player on the team, that that doesn't matter. 
It's about just knowing that you can get out there and do something and feeling confident about it and proud. And when you start, you know, I, I started playing at four and from, at five years old, my parents knew like this, she, that this kid's going to play. And ever since then, you know, just having that feeling of confidence, I think that's, that has been the difference and, and, and the biggest um, driver and for me that has translated so, so seamlessly and beautifully that even made me believe, like what would have made me believe I could start a construction business, but it was that sense of confidence and belief in myself that derived from sport at a young age. Britt, in closing, uh, you said you almost made the closing here. Is is there anything that you would like to share that we may not have touched on in the uh, in your interview today? Um, I think you did a, you did a pretty good job of, of getting a lot out of me and asking the right questions, but. I, I would just say, you know, my, my guidance is, is always just, and it may sound cliche, but it, if you want something bad enough, go after it and, and, and just work as hard as you can to get there. And I tell this, I work with a lot of kids and all the way up through, I mean, I was just speaking to fifth graders and, and I speak to college students all across the board. And, and, and my advice always is get out and do as many things as you can travel, meet as many diverse people as you can, expand your mind, and, and use all of these really unique experiences and opportunities and relationships to, to help you get to where you want to go and, and incorporate that all into your life. And it's going to make you a better, smarter, you know, well-rounded person. And I think that's really helped me to, to, to do what I'm doing now. So it's just experience everything and, uh, you know, take chances and go after for, for what you want and, and stick to your beliefs. Brad, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on, uh, on the show today. Thank you very much. This is outstanding. Thank you. It's really enjoyable, Tom. Thank you. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast. Our guest today has been Britt Tiegler, CEO of Tiegler Construction and Supply, a construction material supplier with a heavy focus on infrastructure projects headquartered in Baltimore City, Maryland with a 35,000 square foot distribution warehouse. For more information, feel free to visit TieglerCS.com. Again, TieglerCS.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another purpose-driven entrepreneur or high-performing game-changer committed to ideas, positive outcomes, and a better world. I'm Tom Dior. The Entrepreneur's radio show and podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and on location. The chief audio engineer is Aris Chikopoulos. Chief engineer is Mark Lawrence, and we are all assisted by Peter Caroline and Omar L. Sabrao. And the executive producer and host of The Entrepreneur's Show is Tom Dior. If you wish to contact us, our email is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu.